0: All the things that I, am Polly, Lance's wife, and um, I go to church here because I heard there's new families. We're so excited. So if you don't know who we are, um, I think we do belong here, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was saying. I'm just so excited. Oh, um, so Lance and I talked about some things over our sabbatical, and we decided that I get to have the mic whenever I want. It's
1: a new thing. So you got it. So,
0: okay. Now we're really going to have fun because I'm not business. I'm Like when I'm in the office, I'm the fun of the office. She's the party. You guys be serious all you want. I'm having fun. But I just (laughs) wanted to say real quick because these guys are going to get down to business. But I just wanted to say, um, if you know me, you know I cry easily, especially when it comes to our church family. And I just asked Lance if I could come up for a minute with him and just say thank you. For being such an incredible church family yeah. that would love us enough, especially for my husband. He needed a rest so desperately. Um, and he got that. Uh, he got to go to Myanmar, which, oh, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I got to be home in the snowstorm, you guys all by myself. I learned that I can be a big girl without Lance. You guys, I made the fires. I did everything. I was like that man adrenaline, like the one that has to go out and make sure the sidewalks, you know, it's like, oh, I have to do that. So I don't slip. I did miss Lance for that, but I learned I can be a big girl. But I just want to say thank you so much. And our time, we were blessed by you to be able to go to Mexico.
1: It's amazing.
0: if you see me disappear Lance will still be here but that's where I'm going to be <laughs> I loved it it was awesome anyway we love you thank you for your blessing and uh, thank you Paul and um, Roxy for saying welcome home
1: you're so sweet glad to be home
0: I love you guys now he's going to do business
1: <laughs> but if you
0: know you know where to come find the fun
1: here you go come on Clary <laughs> thank you awesome Awesome. Hey. <laughs> we decided that uh, instead of just running into, hey, let's just start yapping, like we want to talk a little bit about uh, what happened. I-, I heard there was a little snow flurry or something. So, so, <laughs> so <I laughs> Kari decided that we would sit down and have a little talk just of some of the stuff that happened.
2: Absolutely. We're just, I mean, I know you guys don't want to hear from me as much as we want to hear from Lance, but we're, I'm just excited to talk about what happened in our church in the last couple months, because it was really significant. Don't you think Lance?
1: Yeah. Say the least. I can tell you this. We have an amazing team. Can we just say thank you to them? Holy smokes. I, I, you'll hear me talk about this. I'm sure a lot over the next several, I don't know, decades, but I, uh, being able, those of you that don't know, we were on a two-month sabbatical, and so being able to come back uh, has been amazing. But one of the things we got to do while away was just go visit a couple different churches because we never get to do that. And so I, I just got to be a, church, a Christian showing up to church and sitting in the back row, and I don't sneak into places well. But, but uh, I did go, I went to seven different church services and just different places and sit down and, and got to be part of just just Jesus showing up in church. And I can tell you this. Uh, man, our uh, we have an amazing church. I'd go here a million times over any of those. You know, so they were fun and all, but this is home. Mm, that's so, awesome. wonderful. So, Kari, I was going to ask you. So, so I got a chance to uh, hear lots of stuff, but I just want to ask Kari why she's here. And as and by the way, I didn't get I didn't even watch any of the video or any of the online streaming. So, uh, sorry about that. But I just I just wanted to be completely separate, and it was amazing. But as as you were leading the team and leading the church. Uh, what is uh, what do you think that you learned in this process as uh, you were walking through this whole thing?
2: Well, I learned a lot. I mean you know really first of all, I have to say the the leadership team at our church is really significant and amazing. I mean I, I think that some of you may know that, but not in the fullness. you know I had the opportunity to lead while Lance was gone, and our team just knocked it out of the park. There was so much you know and there are a lot of churches we 've talked a bit about this where pastors will go on sabbatical. And it may be some type of an emergency that it's like, well, you know, I really got to step back. I have to take care of my family. I have to take care of myself. Or maybe they they plan it, but there's no foresight. And so I've talked to a number of of people who have been at churches when pastors go on sabbatical. And oftentimes that church will start to feel very different while the lead pastor has gone. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. One of the biggest reasons, I think, though, is because pastors um, can become so... You know, like, like the person with all of the answers that they're, you know, it's like you go to them and they know everything and all the decisions are based on them, but they never replicate their DNA in their staff. They never really give the mission and the vision and the values that you can live by. And Pastor Lance did that so well. And so even as I was able to lead the team it didn't need that much leading. Mm. It really was, pe- like, we all knew where we were going. And I think our church, I think you guys, you knew where we were going. The boat didn't rock because already the course was steady. Mm. And so I have to say a big thank you to our whole leadership team. You guys did an incredible job and yeah. made my job just just easy because I knew the direction that we were going. There weren't a lot of really difficult, we faced a lot of difficult situations, but there weren't a lot of difficult choices to make. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a big, there was a big decision
1: to make. Yeah, you know, I I didn't know much about this until four days ago. Because I literally disconnected because they asked me to. So four days ago, I found out that there was a little bit of a snow flurry that was more than that, and and that there's a bunch of snow that landed on our roof that was more than that, and that there were get this that there were 26 rooms in our church that experienced water damage. To the tune of over $200,000. And I had no idea until four days ago.
2: Well, he, he knew that there was a little bit of a flood, but he wasn't I, sure I thought, if it was... I
1: thought somebody over flooded a toilet and that it just went downstairs and just got a little something. I did not know it was that. I'm still anxious thinking about that. But Let me tell you this. This team, I'm telling you, like... I I talked to my boss just last night. I texted him, and he said, or two nights ago, he he goes, Lance, your team are a bunch of pros, man. They they know exactly what your counsel and your team, they handled everything. They don't even need you.
2: (laughs) I wouldn't say that. But yeah, it was, it was a, like the Lord just cleared the path. And so we feel really grateful. But Lance, I want to ask you, uh, what is something that the Lord reawakened? You know, our, our theme this year is reawakened, that word that the Lord gave us. So is there something that the Lord has reawakened in your heart during the sabbatical?
1: Yeah, I think for me, uh, I know that, like Kari said, there's a bunch of pastors who, I found out, by the way, in going to all these different churches and talking to a lot of pastor friends that not a lot of them take sabbaticals. And and, then, and and can I tell you this? That it's, it's unhealthy. I went 30 years before doing this. And I, that's crazy. You know, I, I would tell you this, that, that I think one of the things that, re, that re, reawoke in me, uh, I was talking with, with Pastor Heather about this the other day. I, I think for me, uh, I spend so much time praying and, and seeking and studying, I'm going to be honest with you, on your behalf. Uh, praying for you, praying for wisdom, praying to hear from the Lord. I think what reawoke in me was being able to actually hear from Jesus for me and and just spend some time, cry, spend some time alone with him and uh, hear him talk to me for me. And uh, that's a sad commentary for a pastor to say, but I'm telling you, uh, that that was awesome. I'm not losing that again. So uh, amen. Just honest.
2: Yeah, that's incredible. So, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead here.
1: So as you were
2: away, I mean, what? how do you think you and Polly are different in coming back?
1: You know, I think it's great. We've been married for 30 years now th- in August. And, and I think for us, uh, we spent so much time just, just jumping into the next thing. So little babies, and then we planted a church, and then they are on school, and then they're in high school, and then they're college, and then some are married. And, and we just kind of went to the next thing. And, and I think for us... We actually got a chance to stop the train for a minute, and, uh, and, and like Paulie said, it's not just going to Cabo or getting away for a minute, but it was like we got to get away to look into each other's eyes again and, and remember that 30 years ago we fell in love, and it was kind of fun to look back and say like, hey, we still like each other. You know, and don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's a big deal. And uh, so so I think we're different as a as a relationship, and I love that. And I think we're different as pastors as a result of that. So, yeah. That's awesome. How about you? How, how do you feel like uh, the team did in this process?
2: I think the team did really incredible. And, in fact, I think that our church is really different. Um, you know, before Lance left, I spent a lot of time... I spent a lot of time praying specifically in 21 United. If you're if you're new to our church or have not been around in January, we spend time as a church 3 weeks of prayer and fasting, 21 days of seeking God. And uh, for us at the church, that ended up being right before Lance left. So for so I I don't take this lightly. I don't take um I don't I, don't t- I didn't take any of this lightly and so I was really seeking God. I said, "Lord, how do you want me to lead?" during this time. And um, I, I, there were people who had told me, um, people in ministry who had said, well, this is your opportunity to step into Lance's shoes and kind of try out the job, which that wasn't really my motivation. And so as I prayed, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how do you want me to do this? Because I know if I step into his shoes, it's going to be weird. And I'm going to act weird and everything is going to be weird. But God told me, he said, no, Carrie, I don't want you to step in anyone's shoes. I want you to grow taller it's like a tree. As you grow taller, the, your branches will go wider and you will cover more. And I just want to—I want you to grow taller. And then I got a picture. And I don't know if, if this has happened to you before, but, you know, the Lord speaks today. And um, the Lord was speaking to my heart. And he gave me this picture of as I grew taller and my branches went wider, the team around me were, you know, they're all like an orchard of trees, and they grew taller as well, because they had to, mm-hmm. and I saw that happen in the church, that as I was able to grow taller, our team grew taller, and then those um, under us, everybody in the church who were volunteering and serving, also had to grow taller as well, and I'll give you a specific example. One of the best examples of it was our women's conference. Um, if you were at that, it was an incredible women's conference, and this year, because... I probably wouldn't
1: have gone to that Yeah, anyway. you probably... Well, maybe... <laughs> (laughs) Have you ever been?
2: (laughs) Um, But in years past, in most years, you know, I've been the women's pastor before. Pastor Heather oversees those ministries now. We would have been really our hands in the dirt, really putting our, you know, making things happen. Uh, But because Lance was gone, I had to grow taller. I couldn't be as much in the details. Heather had to grow taller. She couldn't be as much in the details. And so as a result... Diana Barone, our women's director, really was able to take ownership of it away in a way that she that no one had allowed her to before. And so then as she's taking greater ownership, the team underneath her has to do some of the things that she used to do. So then we see Courtney Wheeler doing the meals and, and Chelsea Bergstad being in charge of registration and Mumby Turner getting to teach, a, you know, a breakout session. And it was just what we saw over and over is that as one person grew taller, the un- person underneath then had room to grow. Mm. And then our church, we got to experience the best women's conference we've had in years. Wow. But I really believe that so much of it was just because you took the time mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to rest. Yeah. I'm going to step away. And as a result, we all got to step into new areas of ministry, which as a church, you guys know spiritually, that means we're taking new ground.
1: Amen. And the
2: ground that we take becomes the home that we live in. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you.
2: So Lance, uh, I wanted to ask you, um, you went on a medical missions trip. During this time, didn't you? Yeah.
1: So tell tell us about that. Give us some stories. So so I can tell you this. We uh, There's been, here's what I've learned. So the medical mission trip we went on to me and Mar, uh, Caleb and Carrie, Joe, Daisy, uh, they were all here. There's no way I could sit here and give you all the details on all of our medical, all uh, the trip. But I would tell you that there's a bunch of people in our church that have gone on trips. Uh, uh, Wes and or, uh, Rex and Kathy Nyblack and uh, uh, who else what was it? Ayanga, I mean, there's several who've gone on different trips, and I'll tell you this: pull them aside and ask them how their trips went. Because, and not just medical trips, but just other mission trips, because it's amazing. But while we were in Myanmar, it was uh, it was kind of fun because I I, I was on a sabbatical, so I just got to be a dude on the team. So Caleb and Carrie, Joe were leading the team, and and they uh they were like the leaders, and I was just like the whatever they told me to do guy, and uh, it was so fun because they would say I would. I got to uh, pull out my guitar and play it again. I haven't played it for 20 years. So I got to lead us in worship. And uh, they got to listen to me fumble through how to move my fingers around again. And uh, but, but, I mean, beyond that, we, we got to see people. That, I, and, again, I might get these numbers wrong. Maybe you can help me. But but in our on our team, we saw like 650, is that right, 650 people who showed up to our different uh, uh, meetings. We, we actually got to go hang out in uh, Buddhist monasteries. Uh, which, 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 if you don't know what that that is, it's kind of like their version of a village church where they did all their teaching, instruction, and hanging out. And, and let me tell you this: that that for a pastor to show up into a Buddhist monastery, not typically normal, right? So, uh, the, I wouldn't normally welcome me in there, and and it was crazy because they they welcomed Caleb and Carrie Joe as these medical people, and I just got to come along as their buddy. And, and so we got to sit there, and, and and they opened their hearts up for us. So on this little. Little two week trip. What We saw 650 people. 526 of them came to know Christ. Five hundred i I'll tell you this. Insane. And, and and I can tell you that by sitting in these Buddhist monasteries, talking to Buddhist monks about Jesus, me sitting side by side, just sitting and talking to them, and, and I'm like, and, and keep in mind, I'm I'm so I'm so verbal that I want to say things like. You know what it's like when you go to a football game? You know, or, or I want to say things like, You remember when you dropped your kids off at kindergarten? Like I can't verbally do any of that stuff. So I'm drawing stick figures on paper and, and trying to say, like, here's heaven, here's hell, you want this one. <laughs> and they're like, Yeah, I want that one. And then I tell them about Jesus, and so they're like, No one told me. Like sometimes they were, in fact, my our, our our translator was interesting, our interpreter. Uh, sometimes he would try to talk them out of surrendering their lives to Christ because they're like, this was too easy. Are you sure you want to know Jesus? <laughs> You'd ask him, and, and they would like, yeah, and then he'd go invite their friends over and sit down with us, and it, I, I was completely humbled just sitting there listening to people, not because I was super, uh, and I was, I was talking to, uh, to, to a couple of people this morning, and I asked the question, was it the message that we used? Was it the hunger of the people, or was it the messenger, me, coming and sharing with Jesus? I remember the Lord just saying, "Like Lance, it's none of that stuff. It's me. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's doing this, man. It's not, none of those things. I just want you to know, like your stick figures are cute and all, but I'm drawing people to, <laughs> I'm drawing people to Jesus. And let me tell you this: We live in a world that is desperate. So, so as I was talking to uh, Les and Bonnie this morning, I asked the question. So, so, so. How do we do that here in Tacoma? Well, what's the message in Tacoma? Do we need to draw stick figures in Tacoma? Like, where's the hunger? Where's the, and I'll tell you this, after going to all these churches, people are hungry. I mean, I, mean, I got to spend some time just hanging out with people. People are hungry. We get, they're hungry for a message of truth. And so I'll tell you this, I'm different. And, and uh, I didn't see, and as a person that doesn't like medical stuff, I didn't see any rashes, Carrie uh, uh, Joe tried to keep me away from all the, the crazy things. Did see a picture or two of weird things, but I didn't want to see them. Uh, but just like somebody's owie, and I'm like, I don't want to see the owies. You know, so they, they were uh, super gracious and, and loving and uh, amazing team leaders. Uh, but I tell you what, the, uh, there's a world that is desperate and, and, and hungry. Amen.
2: So did that change your perspective of the Big C Church? You know, not just not just our church, but <coughs> the church on the, on the face of the earth
1: yeah I think the the idea is is that we are let, let me tell you this, and you hear us say this all the time. we are all missionaries but we were when we were in Myanmar, we sat in this little church that had maybe gosh I would say twenty twenty five people in it that was crammed, it was you know a million degrees, super hot uh, the roof was low. You have to understand when I was in myanmar i 'm six foot three, and I am a gigantic human being right i'm big here, but I was enormous there. I mean, people would come up to me and say, like, can I take a picture with the large giant man? <laughs> so seriously, I'll show you a couple of pictures. It's hilarious because, like, these people are little, and they're just like, you're the large giant god man. You know, so <laughs> but so we're at this church, and, and here's the crazy thing. While, while we're at this church, Caleb had told me a minute ago, keep, uh, keep in mind, I, I'm, I, I'm not in on any of the stuff. And he says, hey, when we get to this church, Lance, they're going to want you to just say a little something from Tacoma. And I was like what do you mean? He, I said, you want me to preach? And he goes, oh, no, no. They just want you to greet them from Tacoma. So I left my Bible. I left everything. Like, people, bring, their, bring your Bible to church. I didn't, right? So, like, I, I didn't bring anything. My phone, I left it in the van. So I had nothing, right? So I, I get up there. and I, While we're at this little teeny church with 20, 25 people, the pastor comes up to me through this translator, interpreter, and he says, um, hey, we, we're looking forward to hearing you speak today. Preach. And I was like, wait, you do you know I, I'm not preaching, right? Caleb said I wasn't. He's like, I, I'm not listening to Caleb I'm listening to you preach and so so listen let me tell you when the Bible says the Bible actually says this when you are in a place and you need to know what to say he'll give you what to say that you might think to yourself like Lance you preach all the time come on you got you got loads of stuff I was at the time I was like nothing I had I was like Jesus I do not even know where to go Right, so so I stand up there in front of this church with this guy who's gonna just he's gonna translate and he's, he's all excited he's gonna tell him everything I'm saying he's like what you got and I was like I got nothing <laughs> so, so I stood there and, and like immediately the Lord just began to tell me the answer to this question which was there, there is there is a, a, a hunger for God's people to rise up and to become leaders in the world so for example people came to know Christ and, and all the message was to these people was this Hey, there's a bunch of people that surrendered their lives to Christ. Now they need to learn how to walk it out. And it ain't up to this preacher to do it. It's up to you to tell your neighbors. It's up to you to live your life in front of them. That was how the Big Sea Church was. It showed up in me, not only in Myanmar, but it showed up all over the place where the Big C Church, let me tell you this, that, that means you as a Christian, when you're at Boeing or you're at Costco or you're at wherever it is that you go, you are Jesus to people. You might be the only Jesus they ever see. You might be the only word of God, the Bible, they'll ever read. You might be it. Everything you do and say and act and, and get crazy with, you're, you're Jesus. So how we live this thing out. I can tell you this, the world is looking for someone that, that, really, uh, that really believes this stuff. Amen. How about you? What's one thing you're most proud of uh, that, that we're here in all this?
2: Oh, um. Well, the, I mean, the real honest answer is, first of all, I'm really, really proud of my husband, Elisha. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, you know, I'm, I get to be the executive pastor here. Elisha is one of the assisting pastors, but he also works, um, He well, actually, he works at Boeing in flight tests. So if you can imagine the amount of movement in Boeing going on right now. <laughs> right. Um But he, uh, but just, I mean, I just, I'm just so proud to be his wife. He was, he was such a rock during this time, especially as the, the building stuff was happening. So that's my real answer is I'm really, really proud of my husband. But the other thing that I'm proud of beside our, um, staff is I just am over the moon that Lance and Polly really got to rest. Wow. I mean, like truly, I am just so proud of that because that means that we did our jobs. We did our jobs. And, you know,
1: as, as, um. You guys thought that I snuck in the building, didn't you?
2: Oh, 100%. We thought that after Lance heard that there had been some damage in the building, we thought that he was coming in after hours and taking pictures, checking everything out. And you didn't, so nope. thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I don't want to I don't want to assign things to the enemy that aren't the enemies, but it's very interesting timing, right? That this that this big disaster happened in our building when Lance is gone, just after a couple of weeks, um, and of course everybody was affected by the snow. But we faced things that we've never faced before as Pastor Lance was gone, and we just such I had such a sense in my heart, and in um, and the staff had a sense in their heart that this is a divine special thing that it's really a sacred time, and if the Lord is going to give us the strength to do it, He's going to give us the strength to do it now. And so for them coming back and saying, no, we really got to rest, mm-hmm. man, we're just, I'm, I'm so proud of that. That's like a big mm. badge of honor. So Lance makes jokes. He's like, while they were working in the snow, I was sitting on the beach. And uh, <laughs> that may be true, but yeah. that's like my biggest trophy, that we got to bless them in that way.
1: Oh, man. Kari, thank you. Uh, it, was, it was so fun. I feel like the Lord really challenged me as you guys were leading through uh, all of the stuff that was going on, not the least of which is. Seeing all these new people that are around here, I, it's just amazing. But but I, I would say the thing that, that's so beautiful that the Lord really challenged me was um, when you come back, come alongside of your team that's grown. I got prophetic words from different people, both in our church uh, and outside of our church. And, and none, none of you, I didn't get anything like that wasn't asked for, but like some of our prayer team, that there was this this word of God's birthing something and, and God's growing us as a people. And, and so I, I don't feel this incessant need to come in and say, Okay, I got the keys. Now everyone do it my way. I feel like the Lord is saying, hey, listen, I got something that we're going to do, but it's going to require a team that's already, as you said, grew taller. And so it's kind of fun to be able to see that and and try to figure out. Now, how do we stretch out our tent pegs? What what, what is God doing? Is he he wanting us to add more services? Is he wanting us to plant some churches? Is he wanting us to do some things in this region that are going to stretch us all? Somebody say amen. (laughs) Some of you are like, what? Yeah, why not, man? Let me tell you this. There are over 200,000 people here in Tacoma. Can I tell you this? There, that Not every one of those guys are coming to, going to heaven yet. And I said yet. Right? Until we get an opportunity to go pour our lives and live our lives out in front of the Puget Sound region. Amen? Yeah,
2: That's mm. good. So did the Lord speak to you and Polly um, specifically about our church on our behalf?
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, yep, he did. No, well, tell he did us more this. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, am, uh, I feel a little bit like somebody asked me, I think it was Roxy asked me today, what are you going to talk to us about? And, and I said it'd feel a little bit like giving you, no, it was Claudia, I think it was, I feel like I'd be giving you just a drink off of a fire hose. Uh, because when do you get an opportunity to just pull away from your job and really stop and say like, uh, okay, now what? <laughs> right? And, and where are we going now? I, I spent so much time, when Pauline and I planted a church back in 99, Uh, We spent years planning on how to plant a church and years on deciding uh, what we're going to call it and where we're going to go and what the mission and the vision and the purpose and the values and all that. And and then we come here and after we're rolling, uh, we've been doing this now for 13, 14 years. And it feels like I feel like the Lord said, now, um, what now? Well, do you you stop making that kind of time for me to talk to you? And so, no, let me tell you this. There is a message that God wants to share with us. Puget Sound Foursquare. There, There is a message that God wants to bring forward. And, and it's going to start with what I want to talk to you a little bit about today, which is the Holy Spirit. So, so I want to do that this morning. But uh, if we could just, uh, can, can we just, is there anything else? No, nope, not at yeah. all. I'm going to get yapping. <laughs> can, can we just thank Kari and the team and all that they did in this process? Thank you. Thank you. Dave, can you grab my iPad for me, please? Thank you. John, sorry, we have breakfast burritos. Look at you. Breakfast burrito. Come on, there you go. Oh, this one's for me? Hey, I'm giving it away. Hey, Craig. (laughs) Thank you. I will eat three of them later. Thank you very much. So get a breakfast burrito. We're fundraising, man. We're going to send kids to camp. Amen? Come on. Amen. Wow, it's it's been since January 27th. Since I've been up here preaching, it's been a while. Buckle up, I got three hours? No. I want to spend a little bit of time talking to you about someone who I got, I got reacquainted with. Someone who I spent some time uh, walking on the beach with, walking in the woods with, walking in the rain with. I want to talk to you this morning or begin the journey this morning of talking to you about someone who I, I got reacquainted with he's somebody who who, who is a super good friend to me. We would laugh and talk. We talked a lot about you, talked about me, talked about my wife and I and our kids. I want to talk to you over the next several weeks about this this friend of mine that we got reacquainted with. It's the Holy Spirit. I I want to spend some time sharing with you some of the things that, that the Holy Spirit wants to do, not only in our church, but in your life. And as a result of your life, it will impact our church. Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Let me tell you that. He wants to work in you. Holy Spirit wants to work because of you. I'll tell you this. I think what I've learned more than anything else over this last uh, eight weeks, he still loves us. (laughs) He loves you. He's so proud of you. Sometimes I think we we get this impression of God's spirit as if somehow he's just kind of a little bit mad at us all the time. He's just a little bit not happy with our actions and just a little bit unhappy and and not pleased with how we're walking things out. Can I tell you that he's just a really super proud dad and he loves you. As a result of that, we get an opportunity to walk out in the midst of that love, what he's called us to. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know that there's a Holy Spirit. You've heard the fact that there's a Holy Spirit. But I'm going to level with you. I think we're terrible at understanding him. We have a really difficult time trying to figure out who he is. And we spend all of our time trying to come up with answers. And, and quite frankly, uh, there, there, if, you've, if you've walked with Jesus for any length of time at all, you know that there are plenty of people who will tell you what they think about the Holy Spirit. They'll, they'll tell you all their stuff. In fact, I, I can tell you that, that there are people, if you've ever been in a church plant or a church start or any church that's uh, just kind of getting underway, you're going to bump into somebody who's going to tell you what the Holy Spirit is doing all the time. And it's probably not the pastor. And I only tell you that because I can. I can tell you that I've been in places before where there were, where, where there were people where I was doing my my best to pray and worship and lead, and someone walk up to me in the midst of the congregation and say, "Pastor, you're not hearing God very well because the Spirit of God's telling me." And I just remember feeling so confused, saying, like, come on, Holy Spirit, you cannot be a crapshoot. You cannot be this mystery that I have to kind of trip over. Like, you got to be really clear. Here's what I found. There's a lot that the Bible talks about of the Holy Spirit. And quite frankly, we have, we've made a mess of things. Because there's some churches that get so weird about him. And there's some churches that never talk about him. I went to this one church, I'm not going to mention the name, but my neighbor, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> my neighbor invited me, and uh, when do I ever get to go to the church that my neighbor invites me to, right? So so I go to this church, and I, I listen to this pastor talk, and it's it's a church that's a really conservative church, and, and again, the, the, the denomination doesn't matter, but it's not a four-square church. I can tell, but I was listening to the pastor as he was talking, he gets up there, and he was a little timid, and he's standing behind his pulpit, and he goes, ah, uh, you know, church, uh... I want to talk to you about something today that might make some of you feel uncomfortable. And I was like, go on. <laughs> he's like, I, I'm going to talk to you today about something that might push some of you out the door. In fact, I'm going to talk to you today, he says, about, uh, about, about something that might make some of you feel a little stretched in your theology. And so I'm listening to this pastor, and now he's got all ears. Because I'm like, bring it, brother. What do you got? Right? So I'm sitting in the back. By the way, no one greeted me. No ushers came up and high-fived me. Nothing. I'm just a dude hanging out at church. And so, so he stands up and he goes, we don't talk about this here at this church, but we need to. He goes, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And I was, you could almost sense this collective, right? And, and then he starts talking, man, and I was like, this guy's on to it, man. He's onto. I went up afterwards, and I said, hey, I'm Lance. I'm so-and-so's neighbor. And I said, uh, he, he goes, so you're a four-square guy? And I go, yeah. And he goes, like, one of the squares is Holy Spirit. And I was like, yeah, man, that's us. I said, I know a couple verses to that song if you need any help. And he goes, just may call you. You know what made me think? made me think I wished, I wished a little bit that we could go and be that congregation. For the first time, they're getting an opportunity to be introduced to the Holy Spirit. Not wrapped up into, God's leading me, I'm supposed to, should I shake, should I fall down, should I speak out in tongues, should I give an interpretation, should I prophesy? All the things that we're somewhat at least accustomed to talking about. But it's a church that just said, we don't know, let's just take a look. I'm going to spend the next several weeks talking with you about the Holy Spirit just like that. Ironically, I planned on talking about the Holy Spirit last May. And God would line it up that we would come back right now. What a coincidence, huh? Maybe He had something to do with it. Hmm. What if the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you in a different way? What if He wants to introduce Himself to you in a way that you've never known before? What if the Holy Spirit wants to come to you in power and and, and shake your life to the core? What if the Holy Spirit wants to convict you of sin that you've been living in and you've been hanging on to, thinking like it ain't no big deal because, you know, that God up there on the throne, whatever it is, you got your version of who. What if the Holy Spirit wants to convict you of sin, not because he's mad at you? What if he wants to convict you of sin because he desperately loves you and he wants to draw you ever closer to him? What if the Holy Spirit wants to just get to know you and you to get to know him? And then he comes to you and says, listen, just come come away with me, my beloved. And know me. What if the Holy Spirit's not mad at you? What if he wants to fill you with power and and help you begin to to overcome those places of sin and struggle and those, those areas of your life that you have found yourself always just tripping over? What if the Holy Spirit wants to bring some healing in you? Pastor Kari, I heard she preached on healing. I can't wait to listen to the message. But what if he wants to bring a healing in your life? Maybe your thought life. Maybe he wants to heal you physically. Is there room in your theology? It just simply means the study of God. Is there, is there room in your, your ology for, for the Holy Spirit to mess with your understanding that you'll allow him? The answer is yes. I went to churches while I was gone. Uh, of several thousand, there's one church I went to had four thousand some odd people in it. Worship team, they're amazing. Smoke machines, light shows. Christ- it, it, it was like I sat there in the second row, just like wow, amazing. And then a couple weeks after that, I sat in a, a home church, a house church with twelve people. Can I tell you that both of them, the Spirit of God was a moving. not the size of the building it's not the size of the church it's the size of our ability to receive what he has to say you're the one who creates the who allows the capacity for him to come in and change you it's not the cooler paint job or the the more comfortable seats because both of those churches one of them had super comfortable seats and one of them didn't one of them was super awkward and the person who was preaching asked questions that weren't rhetorical and they wanted answers and then come on. I'm sitting there in this church of 12, 13 people. And again, I don't sneak well, especially in a church that size, right? So I'm sitting there listening, and she's like, and so she's, she's preaching, and she gets to the moment. She's talking about the Bible, and so I read my Bible, and so she said something I recognized, and so I nodded. And she goes, you're nodding your head while I'm talking. You must know something about the Bible. And I should know who I was, and I was like, uh, yeah, I read it. And she said, (laughs) so I was like, yeah, man, I'm I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn how to walk this thing out. So she said, I got a prophetic word for you. And I'm like, bring it on. Are we okay with that kind of jargon? Is there room in your theology for God to, to wreck your understanding? For him to say, listen, I am God, you're not. And I want to save this planet more than you do. For God to say, I want to transform you more than you want me to transform you. So if you'll allow me for the next couple of weeks. Then we go into Easter. In fact, on the 10th and the 17th. So not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday, subsequent Wednesdays. Everyone say 10th and 17th. 10th and 17th. I'm going to teach a class here on a Wednesday night. So two Wednesday night classes on the 10th and on the 17th. And we'll go find a room that's big enough to hold all of us. And I want it to be a room that you can ask questions and say, so Lance, what does it really mean to speak in tongues? Lance, what does it really mean to prophesy? Lance, what does it really mean to get a prophetic word? And should I speak in tongues and prophesy? Can I? What's my spiritual gifts anyway? I want to create an environment. Now, now we may not be able to answer every question. And some of them that I may not know the answers to, we'll look them up. And we'll spend some time digging it out. But come and mark your calendars for that. Over the next two or three weeks as we're talking this through, I just want to explore because i got a funny feeling that God the Holy Spirit has lots to say to us. Amen. That wasn't good enough. Amen. (laughs) I'm excited. Amen. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. You realize that we, we are introduced to the Holy Spirit in the second verse of the Bible? It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Look at verse 2. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. Listen to this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. You realize this, the, the Spirit of God showed up in the second verse of the Bible? And sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit didn't show up until Acts chapter 2. He showed up all over the Bible. I love this picture because it's the picture of a, a, a bird or a, a, a chicken or whatever it is, like covering, brooding over her, 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 her little chickies brooding. It just means literally to cover and protect and, and wonder. It says it was formless and void. The, the, the planet was literally without form, without void. It was before the trees and the stars and the sky. It was just there. I can only imagine the Holy Spirit was like, there's so much I want to do here. There's so much I have for Tacoma in 2019. There's so much I want to do. I cannot." wait until Lance gets back from his sabbatical and he talks about me. My question for you is, are you at a place that you're really ready to receive what he has to say? He has so much he wants to bring into our lives. Some of you might feel a little afraid because you've been to that church before. You know that church I'm talking about. The church that gets weird. You know, the one that guy stands up front blowing a horn and waving flags and dancing and jumping and all that stuff? I don't want that church. Can I just challenge you to take some of those preconceived fears and just shove them for a few weeks? And just say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? I don't want to start out with I'm afraid because this church could get weird. I want you to start out with saying, God, I'm just open to what you have to say to me. Change me. I mean, can you just take a look at your life right now and say, is it going the way you planned? Is everything working out like the way you thought? Or maybe the Holy Spirit wants to come in and say, now you're hearing me. Let me show you what I want for you. And allow him to move. Whatever that looks like. Amen? It's good to be home. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much. That you have a plan and a purpose. Thank you that you're not interested in freaking us out. You're not interested in, in just bowling us over to show you us, to show us how powerful you are. God, we can all resign ourselves to the fact that you're super powerful. We can all resign ourselves to the fact that we don't know nearly enough about you. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to posture ourselves in a place that simply says. God, I'm open to what you have to say. For some, that means taking your expectations and your theology and your, Lance, finally we're doing somethings, to to set that on the shelf too and just say, Holy Spirit, I'm just open. God, I pray that you make us all open. There's a reason that you wanted to fill us, there's a reason you want us to be baptized in the Spirit, there's a reason you want us to speak in tongues, there are reasons you gave us spiritual gifts, there are reasons you want to work in the planet. Help us just to slow down long enough to hear. You're good, God. Will you just say that out of your mouth? You're good, God. Oh, that sounded good. Say it again. You're good, God. Lord, we just invite your presence today into our our lives. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.